Vegas takes over. Smith comes out to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marshall still fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marshall. Four to two Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace Millard Chapman inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Game 2, Stanley Cup Final coming up. Can the uh, Montreal Canadiens make it a bit interesting before the Tampa Bay Lightning play their first game back in Canada since... They won the Stanley Cup and celebrated, so that'll be uh, eventful for uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. But uh, game two between these two clubs, uh, curious to see what's going to happen physically in game number two, whether Montreal continues to try and push it a little bit. Uh, That late power play goal may have uh, changed things up uh, in game number one. But we're also uh, going to celebrate Marc-Andre Fleury's Vezina Trophy win that was announced yesterday. We heard from Marc-Andre Fleury during a Zoom call uh, yesterday, and uh, we'll uh, bring you some of that sound over the course of the next hour. And uh, do you know what an NFT is? Have you heard of that? No clue. No clue. It's basically digital art, and Mm. that's the best way that I can explain it. But uh, the the Vegas Golden Knights are into this new realm. And Brian Killingsworth, Chief Marketing Officer with the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, is going to join us to to explain uh, uh, an auction that they've got going with an NFT and how you can get involved. And it's just another way to collect uh, memorabilia from uh, from your favorite team in – digital form it's one of a kind digital art now i don't i don't know everything about it and that's why brian's going to come on and explain it instead of me well i'm just glad to talk to brian instead of you which will be fine but um yeah i you know digital art is interesting i i don't really understand the I mean, I understand the concept. I don't understand how it works, like in 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 actuality. But that's what's going to be so in, enticing about this conversation with Brian is that we're going to get a little bit more information on it and and really bring that to the fans, bring that to the people that are going to want to find out more about this and and own this uh, this digital memorabilia. I don't like. I don't think you can put it up on your wall or just leave it on your computer screen. I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to know what you kind of do with it too. Uh, so yeah, there's a whole bunch question. of questions uh, that uh, that we've got for Brian. Uh, that's coming up uh, in hour number one. Uh, let's get into uh, the, the Marc-Andre Fleury uh, reaction uh, to yesterday's Vesna Trophy win. And boy, the more you hear people respond to the announcement, you really got the impression that uh, that it was a popular win all across the board. Yeah, 100%. I think that, you know, when you look at the career that Marc-Andre Fleury has had, you know that this is a first ballot Hall of Famer. 
uh, and then you look at that individual award that was missing, the the Vesna was missing for Marc Andre Fleury. It just it's nice to see his career culminate in this moment, 17 years after it began on the heels of an absolutely phenomenal season from Marc-Andre. It's one of those accomplishments that I think is very rare at this stage of someone's career. Though we've seen some goaltenders win it at 36 years old, it's just the the amount of time and energy that that this career has kind of taken to get to this point. Uh, it's it's amazing, and I, I think a lot of people were incredibly happy for Mark Andre that he was able to finally win this Vesna Trophy. Uh, much more on Game Two of the Stanley Cup Final to come on the VGK Insider Show, but uh, let's dive headfirst into Mark Andre Fleury discussing his Vesna Trophy win, first individual trophy that he's won, and he did it at the age of 36. Uh, talking about how much he appreciates winning this trophy towards the end of his career. Uh, like I said, it's it's such an honor, right? So obviously, try this to to be playing, still be playing right now, but um, you know, I think it's um, I don't know. When it, when you look at the list of guys that that won this trophy, you know, a lot of them I I love watching, I idolize watching, you know, and uh, it's it's such an honor to to be amongst them, and um, you know, like I've said before, I think I. Our team was such um, had such a commitment to, to play the right way and play well defensively and blocking shots and uh, making me look better, right? And um, honestly, think that um, you know, for a goalie to, to win this, you still need a good team in front of you to, um, to help you out. Uh, impressive too, and there's there's been years, Ryan, where uh, a goaltender when they win the Jennings Trophy uh, has been. Uh, sort of penalized by opinion uh, because they the perception that they have it easier uh, than than others that get peppered with shots and then their numbers aren't as good so they'll be penalized and and at the end of the day the the goaltender in the middle of the road ends up winning the award uh, but this wasn't the case this was a sweep of of both goaltender awards uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights as Mark Andre shares it uh, with Robin Leonard the Jennings Trophy and then the the Vesna Trophy for top goaltender so uh, on that side of it uh, it doesn't get much better on a goaltending front for organization no it, it really doesn't uh, you look at Mark Andre Fleury in the year that he had you look at Robin Leonard and how that tandem worked so well for the Golden Knights in allowing the fewest goals in the NHL this year. And then you even look a little bit further into uh, the AHL and the Henderson Silver Knights and the the dominant season that Logan Thompson had in the AHL. You look at goaltending within this organization and you say to yourself, the Golden Knights are in a very, very good spot right now and, and hopefully as it's looking in the future with their goaltending. And Dylan Ferguson uh, playing for the Fort Wayne Comets in the Kelly Cup final right now. I'll get you an update on uh, on where that series is in a little bit. But uh, yeah, there's it's it's high times for goaltending on the VGK front uh, when it comes to uh, not just players playing well, but players excelling and being recognized. Uh, there was uh, one interesting part of yesterday's presentation uh, by uh, the National Hockey League to name Marc-Andre Fleury as the top goaltender in the National Hockey League. It was presented over Zoom by one Martin Brodeur, a four-time Stanley Cup champion, and uh, one of those that Marc-Andre looked up to over the course of his career. Yeah, that's pretty, uh, I don't know, pretty touching, right? It's, um, I got to chat a bit with him uh, 
before the before the, the question there and answer. So, um, you know, those are the day after we lost, you know, against Montreal. So it was maybe not in the best mood that morning, but, um, you know, I guess it's, uh, it's always an honor to, um, to be recognized and, uh, um, and obviously talk with Marty a bit, you know, again, it's, it's been there a few times and also, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, because he because he actually found out the day after they were uh, bounced for the Stanley <laughs> Cup playoffs, and what he mentioned there was not being in the best mood. That's a yeah. that's a tough one, right? Well, I mean, it's a player in Marc Andre Fleury who wants to win a Stanley Cup. As as nice as it is to win individual awards, I think when you look at Marc Andre Fleury, you look at the season the Golden Knights had this year. The ultimate goal was to win the Stanley Cup, and to find out that you are being recognized individually um, less than 24 hours after being eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs, it's got to be a unique situation. Um, but you know, again, I, I thought last night and in that that recorded interview with Marty Brodeur, uh, it, it shines through how much Marc Andre Fleury, uh, how much it means to him to win this award, and how much he he credits his teammates for getting to this point where he was able to win a Vesna. Crediting his teammates, but also I think uh, so much uh, acknowledgement has to be made of the journey that Marc Andre Fleury went on from the bubble. Mm-hmm last year yep. and the off season, which at times was filled with plenty of rumors that would have had your head swirling. And then into the season where he takes over the mantle from an injured Robin Leonard. And it was, uh, it was motivation and it was uh, as an athlete and as a person to try and up the level of his game. Yeah. I, I think he came into this season wanting to, you know, prove that that at at this age he is still a legit number one goaltender and and you had a perfect recipe going into this year with the truncated schedule understanding what the rotation was going to be for Marc-Andre Fleury to play regularly while also getting in some extra rest and I really think that you know the ability to rest Marc-Andre down the stretch when Robin Leonard came back from his concussion lent to Mark Andre playing two in exceptional rounds in the playoffs, one against Minnesota, one against Colorado, and really did propel the Golden Knights to where they were in the Stanley Cup semifinal. Uh, sometimes as media members, we can outthink ourselves. And the most <laughs> basic question ends up being the best question. And I thought uh, that was proof true at times during the the Zoom uh, media conference last night with Mark Andre uh, where uh, the question was asked what did he do this season to play at such a high level and that that's the 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 number one question right you don't have to ask it any other way other than what did he do to play at such a high level here's his answer so my best you know work work and it's all uh, it's all just to it right you um, try to come to the ring try to to do well and um, you know, I still love playing hockey, right? So it's it's not really work. I I come and try my best and try to change a few little things here and there. And um, and like I said, I think that the way our team plays defense um, throughout the season, I think it's always a always a big help and it makes me look better, right? But um, yeah, I thought I'd just come in for my best and try to keep having fun. Keep having fun, but there there there's a mental side of this, right, Ryan? 
Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think, you know, you, you go into a season and you're you're trying to just kind of get to your game, find your game. And, and I think with Marc-Andre Fleury, when you, when you get him into a situation where he's able to go out there and play – and just go out and play, right? And and I, you know, I look at the fact that it's a rotation. I look at the fact that there was a, a prolonged period of time in this season where Mark Andre Fleury was the guy. Robin Leonard was out; he wasn't available, and and Mark Andre got a heavier workload. And I think that that allowed him to kind of groove a little bit more too. And you know, he just came in; he was playing great hockey, and it 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 was great hockey for Mark Andre the entire season long. Uh, here's his comment on uh, the. The space between the ears helping him get to this stage. Yeah, uh, I think it does definitely. You know, I'm maybe not as quick or as flexible as he used to be, right? When I was uh, in my young 20s, but uh, I think I understand the game better. Um, I've learned things. I've learned things the hard way. Right? Lost some some big games. I've some lost a lot. Right? I had some ups and ups and downs in my career, and I think it's always a way to learn and improve and um you know 17 years 17 years later he's you know he's seen a lot of park he's seen a lot of plays and i think it makes it all um easier to understand and read plays right and uh, i think it definitely helps he's been he's been talking about uh, his experience a lot uh, this season mm-hmm. in particular about leaning on that. And maybe it started in the bubble uh, when he went through that experience. But uh, but he has been, he's been talking about what he's been through as an athlete over the last decade and a half quite a bit. And it's it's interesting because, you know, even even throughout the playoff run, right, we, we've heard from Marc-Andre Fleury and bouncing back from, you know, a game or a goal that, that we gave up that was uncharacteristic. And, you know, how much differently he approaches those types of plays those moments now than when he was first uh, you know first couple of years in the league and it just shows the maturation process that you go through as an athlete to be able to compartmentalize things good or bad and put them behind you and go out and focus on that next save that next game that next win and you know for for Mark Andre it's interesting because as far as the the physical skills go like I you know he says that maybe I'm not as quick or as flexible I would tend to disagree he he still comes up with some amazing ridiculous acrobatic saves but I think in terms of how he reads the game right now I don't think it's ever been better than than it is right now and and that lends itself to a goaltender that I think, as we talked about yesterday, is probably looking to play not just out this contract, but beyond this contract. And and as long as his reads, as long as his mind works, he's going to be a very good goalie in this league. Oh, so you're saying uh, hold off any talk about uh, raising a banner of his number or an induction to the Hall of Fame, like just cool your jets on that when you're a Vezin Trophy winner? Uh, it opens the door to play for a little bit longer? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it stands to reason that Marc-Andre Fleury could probably play a, a few more years, yeah, at a high level. I wonder how long he really wants to play. Like, in the back of his mind. It, it's fun. Uh, it's He's a competitor. Uh, he's at the top of, of his position right now. 
But you also have to be realistic. I mean, Pecorini won it, what, three years ago, four years ago? Uh, and he's sort of at that crossroads right now uh, at 38 years of old uh, years of age. Uh, we've, we've seen Marty Brodeur play into his 40s and, and be successful. Dominic Hasek uh, certainly did that. Um, mm-hmm. pushing, pushing into your 40s is, and, and close to that is it requires the right situation, but it also requires just the ambition to be great. And you, you don't want to be that guy just holding on. No. No, you don't. And, and I guess that's kind of the thing, right? Like, I believe based on skill, based on what we know of Marc-Andre Fleury, like, I believe that he could play until he's 40. I do. Just He's in incredible physical shape. I, I do believe that he's the type of goalie that can play high-level hockey to, to 40 years old. The question becomes for me with Marc-Andre is – how long do you want to play for? Like, how how much do you want to put your body through it in the offseason? At what point do you say, you know what, I've accomplished pretty much everything there is to accomplish in this sport, in this league, I'm good here. And and I think that's more the question of when he when he decides to, to hang them up. I don't think it's going to be that the, the skill set um, uh, betrays him in those moments. I think it's more about okay, this is where I'm deciding to walk away. At least that's how I see it happening. Yeah, and at some point you got to want to like crave just nonstop brownies and pizza, don't you? Like you get to that stage of your life where you just want to chow well, I down. I don't know, man. Like they, they work out a lot. They could probably eat pizza and brownies <laughs> at times. Uh, just saying. Dominic Hasek played until he was 43. Yes. Uh, Marty Brodeur was into his into his forties. They they both played for for good teams. They played for for teams that were competitive. Like Marty Brodeur went to a Stanley Cup final in 2012 when he was uh, well, how old would he been? Because he was right around. Uh, so he was 39 when he went to a Stanley Cup final, and then played mm-hmm. another another three years. Uh, finished with that that little blip in, in St. Louis. You, it, it, there's that there's that balance there, right, between playing into your 40s, but you also want to play for a good team. You don't want to play for a bad team in, at any point in your career, never mind when you're, when, you're, when you're 40 years old. They had good spots. Dominic Hasek was playing for the Detroit Red Wings. It was a good spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that'll that might be the the in the salary cap. Like the, let's be honest, there that's going to be uh, a, a big uh, issue when when you uh, are, are trying to talk about Mark Andre Fleury playing towards his forties. Yeah, one hundred percent. And it, you know that in terms of the salary cap, it's a flat cap right now. Um, Mark Andre is under contract for one more year at seven million dollars. What does that contract have to look like for the Golden Knights? to continue on with the with both Robin Leonard and Marc-Andre Fleury? Like, at, at what point do you look at the numbers? Do you look at, at the year that Marc-Andre is going to have potentially next year and say, okay, this is where we think the number is going to be. How palatable is it to kind of keep that tandem together? And then you kind of move from there. But, you know, for Marc-Andre Fleury, if you're looking at kind of a locked-in situation on a good team as you approach – 40 years old, the Golden Knights could, couldn't possibly be a better spot, especially with how well the tandem worked with Robin Leonard this year. And he's also got that whole uh, 
all-time wins list uh, that he's that he's trying to, to <laughs> crawl up, and he's got two players uh, to track down: Patrick Waugh and Marty Berger. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To be honest, I'm not sure you can catch Marty Berger. Flurry's at 492. Next stop is is the 500 Club. That's awesome, mm-hmm. and he's wanted that for a long time. That's been circled. Uh, he right now is. Um, 559 wins away from Patrick Waugh. That's two seasons. If you're having two good mm-hmm. seasons. Yep. He is 200 wins away from, 199 away from Martin Brodeur. That's yep. going to be difficult. And I don't want to be talking about a 48-year-old Marc-Andre Fleury chasing this thing. But that's, <laughs> that, quite honestly, is going to be difficult. There's and and I'm convinced. Uh, I don't know whether Mark will ever ever tell me or not. But uh, trying to get to 400 and then f- now 500 wins was a motivating factor, or has been a motivating factor for him uh, to to accomplish and climbing up this. I think he can get to number two all the time, and that's a good thing to to be striving for. Once you get past that, and you realize, okay, I. I I pass Patrick Waugh, I get 552 wins, and I'm still a hundred and a half away from all time. <laughs> that that gets to the point where you're okay. Let let's, let's so I got to find something else to push me. So what's interesting is I just took a look at Martin Brodeur and how many wins he had after his age 36 season. So after 2008-2009. So Brodeur played 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, and, you know, a blip 42. Those seven games Uh, in 42? Yeah, exactly. So out of those remaining seasons, and we'll just kind of really call it till till 41. 41. Martin Brodeur had 134 wins. So Marc-Andre Fleury would have to be better than Marty Brodeur was at the tail end of his career over the next five or six years to kind of get within that 199 range uh, to chase down Martin Brodeur. Yeah, that's that's a hell of a winning percentage that you have to be at, and then you have to be even better than than Martin Brodeur. I can tell you this, though. whether or not he passes Waugh or Brodeur, he will soon, mm-hmm. uh, whenever he does hang them up, will soon uh, after that have a plaque in the same room as Waugh and Brodeur in the Hockey Hall of Fame. He's he's not playing his way out of that scenario. Whether he gets the number two or number one, uh, number three will qualify him for that. And now the Vesna Trophy is just uh, another uh, reason to make it uh, a unanimous choice when he's uh, finally eligible. Here's... Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury talking about the Hockey Hall of Fame. I don't know. I haven't thought about that. No, yeah, I'm still trying to worry about stopping box, you know, so um, I, I, I guess, you know, I think to me it's just a huge honor, right? I, I think it's not, doesn't matter what it means for later on, right? I think for for this and for this season, you know, after going through a tough one last year and um, losing my dad, my dad and all that, right? I, I wish you could could have been here and uh, talked to him about it, but um, you know, I'm just happy all, all things turned out this season. Uh, it's a, it's right that he wins the Vesna Trophy. It it wasn't the most normal path 
to the Vesna Trophy when you're winning it for the first time at 36. But it's it's right that a career like his now does include that piece of hardware. It was the the final the final piece, right? Like you've got a guy that that has won Stanley Cups. You've got a guy that has been you know every bit what he was projected to be as a number one overall pick as a goaltender. And now you kind of cross that uh, that checkbox off of Vesna Trophy. There's nothing left in this league, in this game, for Mark Andre Fleury to prove. He's proved everything. He's done it all. He simply has. And you know, when you when you look back at at his career, you look back at the Stanley Cups, you look back at at a player that's likely going to be top three or at worst or at best top two in career wins in the NHL as a goaltender, and you've got the Vesna Trophy, this is a Hall of Famer, through and through, first ballot. That's Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury uh, celebrating his uh, 17th season in the National Hockey League with a Vesna Trophy and Williams Jennings Trophy as uh, top uh, goaltender and lowest goals against average. Uh, so two pieces uh, going onto the mantle to, to join those Stanley Cups that he has uh, from his days with the Pittsburgh Penguins and the uh, uh, Campbell Conference uh, Trophy uh, from his time uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights in year number one. A lot uh, a lot of hardware on that, that, that mantle. When we continue, it's game two of the Stanley Cup final plus all of those uh, digital art pieces that are now becoming so popular, NFTs, uh, we'll dive into that because the Vegas Golden Knights have an offering that's uh, out there uh, available via auction. We'll chat with Brian Killingsworth from the Vegas Golden Knights as we continue on the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. More on Marc-Andre Fleury. You can't get enough of this. Right? I, at least I can't get enough of Marc-Andre Fleury win the Vesna Trophy. I had a chance to t- chat with him last night before he did media availability. Uh, I'll share that conversation with you uh, in hour number two of the VGK Insider Show. And uh, still to come in this hour, uh, we will chat with uh, Brian Killingsworth, Chief uh, Marketing Officer from the Vegas Golden Knights on the NFT uh, auction that's going on. Non-fungible token. Is, uh, is what an NFT is. He's going to explain. Don't worry. Uh, Ryan, you've already said that you have a special request of Ryan when he comes on, uh, how to explain what this is. Yeah, I, I do. We we won't give it away right now, but I will ask the question <laughs> specifically the way that I, I told you I would uh, in the break. And I will be sitting right behind you in that class uh, that, that you're going to ask him uh, <laughs> to explain it to you as. Uh, so that's all, that's all coming up. We have game two of the Stanley Cup. Final tonight, Montreal mm-hmm. against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, I think game two in this scenario, in the in the second uh, uh, game of uh, of a series where the teams haven't played each other, might be the hardest to really analyze. How, how do you break it down after they played just one time all season? Going into it, you've got separate stats, independent columns, and and you can kind of come up with some kind of uh, uh, analogy to to what they're going to face off against each other. After a game number one, like you're putting all of your uh, breakdowns on 60 mm-hmm. minutes of hockey, basically. 
And that's yeah. a little dangerous. Like, look, just look what happened in, in game one to the rest of the series, Vegas and, and Montreal. They hadn't faced each other all year. Game number one was a blowout. And then things changed along the series. Uh, this, this is a similar situation uh, with Tampa Bay having routed Montreal 5-1 in the opener. What adjustments does Montreal or can Montreal make for game number two, having watched and sized up the Tampa Bay Lightning in person? So, you know, a couple of things for me in terms of of this series, like I'm with you. I don't think that you can really judge it on that first 60 minutes you saw from these two clubs in the first meeting that they've had all year. And it was a 60 minutes in which I don't think the Montreal Canadiens played particularly well. So there's also that carrot that you put on on the string as well. I I think I look at this as one of those situations, and I'm going to go back to it in the way that I went back to it uh, in the Vegas series. The Montreal Canadiens are going to be hunting down the first goal of the game. For a team that is comfortable playing defense, for a team that wants to counterpunch, this is when they shine, when they have a lead, when they can play with a lead, when they can protect a lead, the Canadians become much more dangerous and they take away a lot of what the opposition wants to do offensively. So in terms of kind of the similarities between this series and the series they just had against the Golden Knights, what did, what did Montreal, not, like what could they not do in game one? Score first. What were they able to do and what kind of t- turned the tide for them? They scored first in game number two against Vegas. I-, I can see that being kind of that mission objective number one for the Canadians to be able to settle into their game. So we, we love our historical data uh, because mm-hmm. the Stanley Cup has been uh, uh, played for for over 100 years. Uh, so there's all kinds of trends that, that you'll look at. Uh, the Lightning, if they can take a 2-1 series lead, would be part of a group uh, that uh, is 46-5 and five so far in winning the series. That's an incredible number uh, that the Tampa Bay Lightning would have in their favor. A 9.02 series winning percentage when the club takes a 2-0 series lead. But this is why it's a, it's a series, even if Montreal loses tonight. The Canadiens account for two of the five times when a team has rallied <laughs> to win after losing the first two games, 1966 uh-huh. and 1971. Uh, I don't believe any players from the 66 team are still playing tonight. Uh, if they are, it's a game time. Decision. No, uh, 66 and 71, the last time uh, that they, they managed to rally and come back and win. Like we're talking Ken Dryden rookie stuff uh, and before yep. Ken Dryden. So that's... That's how little uh, uh, it, it occurs, that a team drops the first two games and is able to come back, winning just 5 of 51, 5 of 51 all-time uh, series. I would say y- you don't want to try and become the third team to do it, uh, third Montreal Canadiens team, the sixth team all-time against the defending Stanley Cup champions. That would be a huge hill to climb. Yeah, I mean, I look at this game as as one I, the the Montreal Canadiens need in this series. I do think that they can find ways to win back home in Montreal. I, I do think that they, that even if they drop this game tonight, they can still make this a series. But their easiest or best path 
to victory. Their best path to winning a Stanley Cup uh, uh, comes with a split in the first two games in Tampa to set up for a potential of of kind of putting Tampa on the back burner and, and making them uh, think about some things. So I look at this game as a, a vital one for the Montreal Canadiens in terms of their path to victory. But, I mean, it doesn't really matter, Darren. The ghosts are in their favor, so it's it's whatever has to happen for the Canadians to win this series, the ghosts are on top of it. They're good. The ghosts, the ghosts have to step up big. Now, the ghosts have way more of an impact, you should know, in mm-hmm. Montreal. Like, that's when they can okay. get their, yep. their, their hands right on things. Uh, it's a little bit uh, more difficult uh, when you're traveling across the country. And then, like, ghosts aren't. They're not uh, exempt from the whole quarantine thing, too. They got to stay in a hotel for three I days when they go back. And disagree it's, with that. It's, uh, so, so I'm not even sure ghosts any there. ghosts made the trip to Tampa Bay. Might might just be uh, uh, sitting back there in Montreal. That's that to me. That's what it looked like in the Vegas series that they didn't uh, they didn't impact uh, the the games in Vegas. But Alex Kalorn, uh, no ghost, but uh, he was a, a shadow of his normal self in game number one and that's because he was hurt uh along the way in that opener and they're gonna miss a guy that scored eight goals in this march so far in 2021 alice Kalorn will not play and couple that with montreal getting uh a little bit uh, of a boost from joel armina uh armina mm-hmm. to uh to jump into the lineup uh joel armina uh, will play after being on the COVID list and uh unavailable in game number one I mean, it's not a number one center, but it is a key player, right? So this is now the fourth series in a row where there is a key player from the opposition yep. who who played game one and will not be available for game number two in terms of playing against the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Alex Kalorn, big-time player. You, you saw it on the play in which... We, we believe he got hurt, right? It's making a, a great read to get his stick to, to Victor Hedman and then laying out and blocking an absolute rocket of a shot. Uh, those are the types of plays you need to win. That's why this, the Tampa Bay Lightning are defending Stanley Cup champions, and his presence will be missed in that lineup tonight for the Tampa Bay Lightning. See what happens in uh, game number two as the Montreal Canadiens will try to even up the set. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky against Carey Price. Uh, Nikita Kucherov uh, should be okay to go. I haven't heard anything to the uh, contrary after taking that slash from Shea Weber. Uh, I'm really curious to see whether Montreal tries to uh, take that same tact and risk uh, putting Tampa Bay on the power play or if the series is called a little bit tighter after things got uh, a little loose in, in game number one. We'll, we'll follow it. We'll keep you up to date in hour number two but coming up next is brian killingsworth uh, nft more opportunities to get your hands sort of on some vegas golden knights uh, memorabilia we'll take you down that path as we continue in the vgk insider show on fox sports las vegas this is the vgk insider show on fox sports las vegas 98.9 fm and 1340 a.m now back to darren millard and ryan wallace Game two of the Stanley Cup final taking place tonight, Amelie Arena in Tampa Bay. How about this? You've got a three seed from the Central Division against a four seed in the North. I know Tampa Bay is the defending champions and had a good season, but still, they finished uh, third, did not have home ice advantage uh, in 
the the first round against the Florida Panthers and then clawed their way through uh, and and eventually uh, got to the point where they're in the Stanley Cup final. But uh, lower seeds, uh, the the key to the uh, story for the success of the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights making the final four for the third time in four years. Here's Chief Marketing Officer Brian Killingsworth. Uh, nice enough to join us on the BGK Insider Show on this day. How are you, pal? Good. How you doing, there? I'm doing very good. Uh, we wanted to bring you on because uh, I saw this uh, release from the Vegas Golden Knights uh, that you're auctioning off an NFT. And I've kind of been talking about it with Ryan and, and getting our heads around it. But Ryan has one specific request. And then we'll get into uh, what the NFT uh, is that, uh, that the Vegas Golden Knights are, are auctioning off. But, uh, Ryan, uh, I thought that this question that you're going to ask, Brian, is, is perfect for the way that you and I can absorb it. Okay, Brian, so I need you to explain to me what an NFT is like I'm five years old. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So an NFT, I'll breeze by the first part, but it's a non-fungible token. I think the coolest way to think about it is it's a digital collectible. So imagine having your favorite baseball or hockey card, but you own the only version of that as a digital form. And I think that's the, the neat part of, of an NFT. And so that's what we're trying to do here is enter this space, but also give our fans something to collect. And we've got a lot of different ways to do that, but um, the collegiate version of that is, is it's actually an authentication version of stored data on a digital ledger. So hopefully that uh, the kindergarten version was a little bit better for you. Uh, I understand it, uh, but uh, Ryan stole my crayon, so I'm a little <laughs> bit sour uh, about what just uh, just went down here in the VGK uh, Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Uh, so what is what is the Golden Knights NFT? What are you guys putting uh, up for available for auction? So Darren, you you know our creative team is top notch. It's probably best in the league by bar none, and so. Um, we've got such tremendous uh, talent in that group, led by Brady Hackmeister, Matt McElroy, and Zach Alt. And so what they've done is they've put together seven different versions of digital collectibles, everything from what we're calling, and we had a little fun with these names, so the Chrome Dome is actually a version of our gold <laughs> helmet. That is a digital animated version of that. And then what we try to do is we try to blend the digital with the physical. So... If you were to win that auction, which is a one-of-one one auction, you also get the first gold helmet that will be released to the public. And so we've got seven of those. One of them is called Swag Sweater. That's our alternate jersey, uh, our gold jersey. And so you'll win an actual gold jersey, and you'll get the digital collectible of that gold jersey. Uh, we've got one called Shoot Your Shot, and uh, that's a fun one, and you win warm-up pucks with that one. Uh, and then we've got the Gold Drip Collection, which we call – which is unique, and that's a, a digital-only version of um, of a gold coin. And those are for fifty dollars, and there'll be fifteen hundred of those. So we've no got way. something for everybody, and uh, this is going to be fun. You know, I think the next batch we're working on a uh, on a mallard and hockey guy NFT. I think that will be <laughs> pretty well. Yeah, there will be uh, two bids for those. Uh, <laughs> one from uh, from each of us. Uh, as Brian Killingsworth joins us on the VGK Insider Show, Chief Marketing Officer with the Vegas Golden Knights, says they continue to to push the boundaries, and, and this is really cool. And I'm lucky enough to be sort of alongside near the design guys, and they're they're such a a really cool group uh, with with the Vegas Golden Knights. And did they come to you, Brian, or did you go to them? Because I know once they got their their heads around this, 
it was all in. Like the the the, the amount of excitement going on around that department was pretty neat. Yeah, they were buzzing. I think this is, you know, it was a group effort for sure. It was one of those where we started to see the trend in the NBA. Um, this really is a project that our head of business intelligence, Chris Kniff, has been working on for about nine weeks now and doing a lot of research. We've learned so much about this space and this industry and cryptocurrency and marketplaces and minting, and there's so many elements that go into this. And, and, but ultimately, it starts with, with top-notch killer creative, and that's what our, our creative guys did. And they came together and put together all these different designs and, and really tried to bring another layer to it. And uh, we think from, a, from a, just an NFT community, these are some of the best pieces that we've seen. And then to also have that physical part of it where you actually get the tangible item as well, I think that makes our collection even more unique. It's, it's an investment, right? It is. It's an investment, and then you can resell it like right. anything else. You know, people, whether they go to our games and they get the figurine of Mark Andre Fleury, we've seen some pop up for 150 to $200. Similar to a giveaway and similar to that, um, it is a digital collectible. And so if you own that piece, you're one of one. So you're the only person that owns the Chrome Dome uh, digital NFT. And then there's an incredible resale market with these things. And so we've We've really uh, paid attention to this space and, and the emerging trends within this industry, and, and we wanted to give uh, our fans a chance to experience it as well. Always look forward when Brian Killingsworth, Chief Marketing Officer with the Vegas Golden Knights, comes on the VGK Insider Show because we know that there's something cool coming, uh, the gold jerseys or, or NFTs. Like There's always something uh, wild happening around uh, the Vegas Golden Knights as he joins us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. I'm I'm interested like how important was it to also have something tangible to marry with the the digital like at what point did you identify that as something that was important in this collection You know we've seen different athletes uh like Rob Gronkowski and and Pat Mahomes they've done their own NFTs and they've really mainly been just digital and the success of this space right now really relies on on the digital aspect of it being the digital collectible but i thought that uh in in some of our planning sessions we really thought it was important to have some takeaway item that people could own as well and we know that our fan base whether it's new jerseys new hats new helmets they just flock to anything with our logo on it and they just love all the different innovations that we put together and so we did feel like that was a crucial part ryan i think that it was important for us to have something that not only you own the digital aspect of it, and it's on the blockchain, so it'll be forever on that, that aspect of the ledger. You also get something that you could display in your house, and we thought that that was important as well. well you, you cover off both uh, audiences, don't you? And, and you, you expose it to so much uh, bigger uh, platform. Yeah, I think that was key, too. I think the way we looked at it from the start, strategy-wise, is to blend the crypto community with the Gold Knights community. Yeah. And we know that there's obviously crossover with some segment of our fan base that's, that are experts in the crypto community. But we also think that there's a larger universe of of crypto buyers and sellers that will love this and is a new opportunity to... Uh, to purchase uh, these items. So NFT from the Vegas Golden Knights, it's uh, an auction. Uh, can you fill us in on how people uh, who are listening right now can get involved and uh, and want to try and bid on some of this stuff? Yeah, absolutely. The auction's going to go live tomorrow at 9 a.m., so it'll be on crypto.com. We'll have all the information on our website as well. We'll push it out on our social channels when it goes live tomorrow. The really neat thing and, and uh, the tough thing as well is it's a very limited run, so it's only a 48-hour launch. Ooh. 
So we encourage our fans to really get online tomorrow if they're interested. It's auction-based for the seven different uh, NFTs, and then the one, like I said, is uh, limited to 1,500. Um, so we do think that it's an opportunity, but it's going to be a quick hit, and uh, we're excited to see where it goes, and it's going to be fun. What a great way to uh, break the ice on this uh, this new era of uh, collectibles uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights and the NFT. Uh, Brian, uh, so much fun. I know that we'd rather be talking about the, the Stanley Cup final, but uh, this is uh, this is pretty neat on the heels of, uh, of Marc-Andre Fleury's Vezina Trophy win. Uh, I like. There's got to be something in your, in your back of your mind working on that thing, right? Oh, yeah, we've got a second drought planned already, and we're going to have some fun with that as well. We want to see how this first one goes. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. We'll keep everybody up to date uh, over the next couple of days, and uh, we'll check back in to see how it goes. All right, thanks, guys. Brian Killingsworth, Chief Marketing Officer with the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, the Chrome Dome. And you get a helmet, too. (laughs) Imagine putting that up, and it's an investment, too. Like, talking points, collectibles, all over this. And when you when you factor in the physical, and that was a great question, Ryan. The the physical mm-hmm. with the uh, digital, like that, is just taking it to a, a whole new level. I'm the physical thing. I'm coming around to this whole digital thing, but I still need to try yeah. and see it. Uh, yeah. That was that was awesome. Uh, when we continue, uh, you will hear from Mark Andre Fleury, as uh, I had a chance to chat with him before his media availability last night. Uh, upon receiving news that he was the Vesna Trophy winner, and guess what? He kind of knew before yesterday, uh, and we'll find out how he managed to keep it a big secret uh, when we continue on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.